Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to our very first podcast. This is Lunch with T, and I have Elliot here. He's T. Hello, and I'm, I'm T. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, hopefully, you, um, if you haven't gotten here, saw us on Facebook, um, and you just got here kind of on your own, that's great. Uh, this will be again episode one. We're going through the twenty four, twenty five verses to Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get us started. <clears throat> you got it. All right, welcome. Yep. <laughs> So thank you, babe, Tony. Uh, so yes, I think Tony came up with this. Uh, I think it's a great idea to go through, uh, especially this time of season. I know for myself, rather than just waiting for, uh, I'll call it the big event, uh, <laughs> Christmas Day, uh, December the 25th. Uh, she found this thing to actually go through 25 verses for Christmas Advent. Uh, and the word Advent A-D-V, as in Victor, E-N-T, has to do with the first coming of Christ. So it's a fancy term. We typically don't use it always in Christian terminology, but it does show up in theology. Uh, We speak of the first advent, Christ's first coming as a babe in the manger, Mm -hmm. baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We tend to think of Christmas as the first advent, his first coming, and you know, living his life as a man, uh, the Son of God. Uh, second person of the Trinity, taking on humanity, mm-hmm. uh, the purpose of, of uh, being a king, uh, presenting himself to Israel, and then obviously uh, living a, a perfect, sinless life uh, among sinners. And then again, he dies on the cross and he's raised, he, he's resurrected. Um, and then we do, we are at a place where we're expecting his second advent, the, the second coming. Yep. Uh, but every time of this year, uh, you it's we get into the... Uh, in our season, especially still here in the West, we celebrate Christmas. And uh, I know there's some people that we refer to them as Christers, right? <laughs> they come to church maybe two times a year, yeah. Christmas and Easter. Christmas and um, Easter. But I think that not to just ridicule people for that, we, we want the gospel to have exposure. Mm-hmm. And so I think these 20, working through these 25 verses uh, will help us that. And so... Other than that, we also came up with a few things as to how this might help people okay. for this season. So number one is reconnect. I'll go through five of these and repeat them. We want people to be able to reconnect. This is a time where uh, coming into this season, it's opportunity for people to reconnect with family and mm-hmm. friends, right? And their relationships, mm-hmm. um, you know, that where they've maybe been separated or strange. I know for Tony, myself, uh, and, and Roman... Uh, we're away from uh, our oldest son, Evan. We're away from um, our family on the West Coast. We've, we've been on the East Coast a couple of years now. So mm-hmm. uh, it does give people an opportunity to reconnect this time of year, whether you're buying gifts for family, so on and so right. forth. Right. And last year we had um, my mother-in-law, Elliot's mom, here for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And she's now away at Texas. Mm-hmm. St- <laughs> staying in Texas still it was nice to have her here. It was a nice right. reconnect. Right. There you go. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so number one is reconnect. Number two, revitalize. So revitalize. For some people, this is an opportunity. I'm certainly, uh, this is part of my why for these is uh, sometimes, you know, we can just get in the habit of going through things in a real mundane kind of way. You know, uh, I call it the commotion of Christmas. You know, you're getting ready for, um, you know, buying presents or, you know, you're looking at your budget and seeing what you have and what you don't have. (laughs) <laughs> what you can spend, what you can't spend, and sometimes there's so much pressure in that and the commercialism mm-hmm. of uh, our Western culture that you kind of miss out on the real reason um, for uh, the season, you know, and I know that's kind of cliche. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, you can't just contain Christ in one season. 
Right. But uh, I do realize that we, we want to affirm that this is a time for us to revitalize our relationship with God uh, and, and to really think about that. So uh, for some people, it's good because the activity, it helps them to kind of uh, go to, shift into a different gear, you know, and giving toward others and thinking about other people. So that's another aspect, uh, revitalize and then realignment. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it's th- rethinking our priorities. This happens like in our culture in a larger perspective, uh, right? And uh, you think of businesses, they're coming to the fourth quarter, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, some of us, you know, maybe thinking about uh, goals and objectives, uh, <laughs> most of it beyond Christmas. But we may yeah. be thinking about already the new year, coming into the new year. This yeah. year is wrapping up. What, is, what does 20, 2019, what does that hold for us? Mm-hmm. So for some people, this is a time, and as we re- go through these verses, it's an opportunity to realign yourself with your priorities and your goals and what's re- what really matters uh, for you in life and your purpose, you know. Yeah. Why are we here? When we think about Christ coming as a babe, we think of the, the uh, stories about him and the birth narratives and the gospels and learning about his life and uh, those things make us uh, really rethink our purpose. And so mm-hmm. that leads us to the next kind of R, and that's reassessment. Uh, maybe it's, you know, there's certain things that I will hear in this season, and I hope as we work through these verses, that you'll hear that maybe you've heard before. You've heard someone share the, you know, Luke chapter one and the mm-hmm. first few chapters of Luke or Matthew or talk about uh, the story of Christ. Um, you know, we have Christmas songs and those things. But you know what? There may be a lyric that you hear from the scripture. There may be something that uh, in a passage that you read that you haven't thought about in a while. And it just may shake you hmm. uh, to your core mm-hmm. and cause you to reassess what you've really been focused on. Uh, and so we hope, certainly hope that that happens. Uh, and then lastly, uh, reframing. Uh, reframing, uh, maybe for some of us, that's our worldview. Uh, for some of those who may be skeptical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thinking about the Christmas story and how we're going to witness to people, it may cause us, first and foremost, uh, to reframe how we think about things. And then for others, uh, how they, um, uh, you know, how they're viewing life, whether mm-hmm. they're skeptical about Jesus, skeptical about the gospel. Hey, December the 25th, isn't that a pagan holiday? Isn't that, you know, <laughs> what I think of the origins of Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, what does that really have to do with the real birth of Jesus? Uh, you know, wasn't he born during the springtime? You know, right. uh, when we check the history, when you check the facts, you know, uh, so those kinds of things. Uh, but you know what? If we're equipped, we don't have to demonize Christmas, so to speak. Right. <laughs> In talking about that, we have an opportunity, if we've done our homework, uh, to really think about how do I want to tell the story that's been told before? Uh, And maybe that will help reframe someone's view uh, of Christmas and, more importantly, of the Christ um, in a way that that they've never encountered him before. That's good. with that, we'll, we'll shift a little bit. That's I know that's okay. a bit of a lengthy intro, but that's it's kind of a why we want to do this. Yeah. Uh, Tony's going to read our first verse. Uh, we're going to start out uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, chapter verses 9 40. through 11. Verses 9 through 11. Okay. And Tony's going to read for us. I'm reading from the New King. Is this New King James Version? I think so. That's your Bible. I don't know. I know. <laughs> well, it doesn't say on here. <laughs> doesn't say on here whether it's New King James or not. But anyway... <laughs> Chapter 40, verses 9 through 11. O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain. 
O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He will feed the flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lamb with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those who are with young. That was it. <clears throat> okay, thank you, babe. Okay, so I'll run through those others. Reconnect, revitalize, realign, reassessment, and reframing. And I think these, this is one of the passages that really kicks that off. Mm -hmm. uh, while we can't go into the whole larger uh, context of Isaiah, I think it's important to know Hezekiah. We just went through the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, and a lot of it has to do with judgment, uh, with God really initiating toward Israel and then really failing to respond in a number of ways. Uh, at the same time, you have the King Hezekiah, uh, who was just shared about in a uh, couple of chapters prior to 40, mm -hmm. 38 and 39. You could go back and read it. <clears throat> I would encourage it actually from Isaiah chapter 35 through 40. If you read that portion, uh, it would be good to get some of the more of the backdrop of this. But really, Hezekiah was one of the kings that trusted God more than any king in Israel. Mm -hmm. um, but God had pronounced a judgment through Isaiah. Uh, declaring that Israel would be taken off into captivity uh, in Babylon. And that's how chapter 39 actually ends. Um, and so just to fast forward, when you get to 40, there's a bit of a transition. Does it end there? Yes. Uh, well, remember, the, I, the I, end I, is at least there will be peace and truth in my days. Right. So basically. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Isaiah. <laughs> Tell them what God said and then Isaiah's response. That's Hezekiah. hilarious. Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Excuse me. Hezekiah. Yeah. Yes. Tell them what Isaiah said. Right. So basically, uh, Isaiah confronts Hezekiah. Hezekiah has been healed. Um, you know, he asked for, uh, you know, he was kind of moaning, kind of woe is me. Mm -hmm. God, had, look, I've been faithful. I've trusted you. Uh, but God turned the dial, right? And he gets an additional 15 years. He, God heals him. God restores him. Babylonians come and say, wait a minute, let's go check this out. How could this small nation really survived the Assyrians, the Assyrian uh, invasion. Hezekiah had seen the northern, northern Israel invaded by the Assyrians. Historically, you can go back and check. Uh, the king of Assyria had uh, Hezekiah surrounded. Um, uh, even the cylinder today, you can go back and check. Mm -hmm. It says that he had him caged in like a bird. But in any case, uh, Isaiah, the Babylonians come to check this out. How could this happen, this small nation? Hezekiah really misses out on an opportunity to share Yahweh, to share about God, mm -hmm. the God who restored him and the God who protected Israel. Mm. But what does he do? Hey, y'all come in, look at my pad. You know, it's like going through the lifestyle of the rich and famous. He shows them all their, all his treasures, uh, all, all of his possessions. Yeah. And then Isaiah says, <laughs> quite frankly, okay, everything that you showed to the Babylonians, it's basically going to be handed over to them. And then, uh, as Tony mentioned, <laughs> ironically, Hezekiah, I don't know if the, you'd have to search this out. He says, okay, as long as there's kind of peace in my days, even his children are going to be carried off into Babylon. And we know that with the story of Daniel and uh, uh, the Hebrew boys uh, that we read about in Daniel. It's sad because he totally, it seems like he totally cuts them off because God says, and they shall be eunuchs. 
in verse 5 of 39. Right, right. And so, like, you ain't even going to have grandkids or great kids. Nobody to, because they're going to have all your sons that he hasn't even had yet, right? Right. And all of them will be eunuchs, which means they won't be able to have any kids. Like, he's just cutting off that generation. But I know that's not relevant to what we have to say. I, it, it I found is, that interesting, no, though. No, that's good, because in a sense it is. And in, in, in a nutshell, and again, you could study these things further. We're trying to keep it devotional here. but Oh, uh, it is, and it does bring up the issue of legacy uh, mm-hmm. and the fact that uh, I think, if anything, it speaks of the fact that uh, the promises that were made to David and Solomon about a king who would sit on the throne perpetually, um, Hezekiah is not that king. As much as he trusted God, that's going to be cut short. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Israel is going headlong off into judgment, but there is hope for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is... Uh, and a, an appeal from the scripture and from God through through the prophet Isaiah of being able to hope in God and being able to trust in God, even though judgment is coming. And that's how this first chapter opens up, this chapter, excuse me, in this first second portion of Isaiah, chapters 40 through 66, mm-hmm. this is how it opens up uh, with comfort and encouragement to the people of God. And so we work through that. We'll come back and do Isaiah 40 uh, in, in a couple of days or so, the first few verses, but Picking up to this verses 9 through 11, what you have here in, in the first eight verses is a setup for God coming to his people. So he says, look, judgment is coming, but there's an encouragement to the people of God. And, it, and it's based on God's prophetic word, but it's also based on the fact that God is going to make good on his word, his character. So there's these contrasts of judgment, but then there's comfort and encouragement. There's a, uh, this whole preparation, prepare, because God is not going to just send in an angel. He's not just going to send in, uh, you know, some uh, kind of foreign message or some kind of envoy. He's going to come himself. Hmm. And so there's this uh, declaration of getting things ready, uh, 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 high, preparing. Uh, uh, and this is where we think of John the Baptist. And I think this is appropriate for Christmas, you know, of the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare and make ready for uh, our God and and a highway for our God. And so anyways, there's this preparation that comes. And then knowing that God is coming, and this is much of what has been expressed through Isaiah, is that when God initiates, there's a requirement for his people to respond. That that would be kind of like the, the least thing that you could do. God says, make ready, get things ready. I'm coming and I'm coming myself. And then what is the challenge to the people of God? They have this imperative, and that means a command, like in, in verses 9, O Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up on the high mountain. Uh, o Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength, lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. So going back to that beginning of verse 9, so you have Zion mentioned and Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. what's, what's the difference? Right? We talked about that a little bit. Right. So uh, Zion, when you look this up, really has more of that sense of uh, the Jewish people and their distinction, um, who, they are, who they are in their identity as mm-hmm. a Jewish people. And then you have kind of on a, on a larger scale, the, the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and you think of this in a geographical sense and also as God's purpose and his intent for Jerusalem was that they would be like a spiritual center for the rest of the nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you really have this first, this appeal inwardly, if we could put it that way, Zion being an inward appeal 
like prepare and get things ready. You as my people, get things ready. But then that witness uh, is to go from the people to the city. You notice the next thing is Jerusalem and then say it to the cities of Judah. This should definitely remind us of the gospel. When you think of you who bring good tidings, this is repeated in Romans chapter 10. You know, how can they believe if they haven't, if no one comes, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing him. How can they believe if, if no one has been sent for them to actually hear the word preached? How beautiful are the feet of him, you know, who, who comes and brings glad tidings. Um, that shows up again in Romans. And, the, and it's, so much of that is wrapped in what is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it is to be this good news, this good tidings. And again, think of the backdrop of what we talked about, about judgment. And so we can think of this in the gospels when you think of Acts chapter two, like the gospel goes from Jerusalem, like go wait in the upper room. I'm going to send the spirit when he comes you're going to be empowered to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So this is really for a time for us to really, I think, reflect on, just kind of summarize here. You know, we have in this season an opportunity uh, to reconnect, to revitalize, to realign, reassess all those things with people in our relationships. And if God told us he was coming, you know, then what would you do to prepare? What would you do to get ready? And what will your witness be like? How would you respond? God initiates, I'm coming. And then what do you do to get ready? Uh, Do you take it as a suggestion? (laughs) You know, I might tell somebody about Jesus (laughs) with all this Christmas stuff going on, Mm -hmm. or I can sit back and be a critic, you know, uh, and and talk about all of the the negative things or the down thing, people Mm -hmm. I don't want to be with for the holidays. You know, let's be honest, <laughs> not everybody has an easy time with relatives and right, friends. Right, right. Some people loathe it. Some people are, they just can't wait to get Christmas season over with because mm-hmm. of the hustle and bustle. And again, at the end of the day, all they have to show for it, is, you know, after Christmas is, you know, overdraft fees. Woo! Oh. I did not know that you was going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how much, yeah, how much they spent and they shouldn't. Yeah. You know, because sometimes that's overdraft a priority. Fees. That's a focus, but... What is your witness? And then I, I think this is good because it's, you know, do it with strength. Oh, mm-hmm. Say it with your chest. I'm not <laughs> saying you yell at people, but what do we do to witness to people? Let's not miss an opportunity. When, when they came, when, when the Babylonians came to check out what had happened in Israel with Hezekiah, he had an opportunity to tell them about God, the God who healed them, the God who rest- healed him, who restored them, who who's delivered them. And uh, we have that same opportunity, in a sense, when people ask us about the story or about the Christ. Um, we have an opportunity to uh, not just show off our Christmas decorations or how much scripture we know about, you know, but, but we have a real opportunity for people to have an encounter uh, with God through our declaration. So there's proclamation from our, on our part. Mm-hmm. And then I love this at the end of verse 9, Behold your God. Mm-hmm. Um, that speaks of God's presence, you know, and again, another reiteration of God being with his people. And then in verse 10 and 11, I'll wrap this up quick. You have two different aspects. You have God who reveals his arm. Uh, and Isaiah uses this as a metaphor, the arm of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, uh, the protection of the Lord. It really pictures him as a, a uh, this figure who's coming, it pictures him as a warrior. And then on the other side, in verse 11, you have a picture of a shepherd coming. And uh, again, for some of us, I think of Christmas, we behold the babe, 
but we're not looking for the warrior. We're not looking for the one who came to deliver us with mm. a strong hand. This is what happened. Just kind of reflect back to the Exodus. He led them out with an, a mighty, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Um, he fought for his people. So look at this, because this can be missed in Christmas. And then his shepherd, I love this. He will feed his flock, number one. Mm -hmm. There's a provision from him. He will gather the lambs with his arm. Um, and there's four things. He'll feed, he'll gather the lambs with his arm. And this is a second part. There's an, a, a kind of a different nuance to this second mention of arm. And it's one who holds. One who, the shepherds in Israel, they would have this uh, particular fold. Uh, in their uh, robes, how Robe, you want to say it, shirt, where they could carry a lamb, and so you see that protective sense of of the Lord's arm being revealed. And then notice this, and carry them in His bosom, uh, and then gently lead those who are with young. So you, I love the contrast that you see in Isaiah, one of strength, deliverance, get ready, but then you have this sense of how is He going to be among His people? He's going to be that shepherd that leads them, that cares for them. And, and, you know, this is mentioned again in John 10, 11. He is the good shepherd. Mm. Uh, and he is, you know, he, this is exactly how he is among his, his flock, his care, his tenderness, his gentleness. Uh, and then Revelation 22, though, he's coming. And again, he's mentioned, uh, Revelation chapter 22, that he's coming. Uh, and again, he's, you're going to see that warrior again. Yeah. Christ is going to rule over the nations. Yeah. And so I know that's a lot packed in this uh, portion here. But this is a great portion to really consider uh, for us during this time of the year. Uh, you know, what are you expecting to see? And so hopefully as we go through these uh, different portions, mm -hmm. uh, different verses, again, uh, just in a devotional sense, you'll really get, to, it'll get your mind thinking about these things and how you view uh, not just Christmas, but how you view the Christ. Mm -hmm. That's Anybody good. Else to add to that? That's it. Um, hope you enjoyed and, and check in with us tomorrow. We'll be reading Isaiah 52, 7 through 9. Is that yep. the one we're going to get? All right. Just in case you want to read ahead. But again, thanks for joining.